everyone. Welcome back to Hair of the Werewolf. I'm Lily, and I have with me Chase. What up? <laughs> and we are a horror paranormal podcast that likes to tell each other uh, scary stories and hopefully try to scare you as well in the process. We also like to have some cocktails. Um, sometimes usually. beer. Yeah, sometimes beer. And yeah, today in particular, we're having cocktails. Well, yeah. Well, today is a very special episode for the last month (laughs) lily and i have been designing a cocktail a tiki drink if you will it was tirelessly tweaked and changed until we found our perfect cocktail we also had a lot of feedback from a couple of our friends and we did some rounds and used them as test subjects uh so shout out to george and sonia as well as lauren tyler because they were our test subjects that help us like they're not going to be the last we might tweak it eventually but so far, it's so good. But we wanted a drink that fit in with all the Tiki classics, but still had its own unique flavor that we could call ours. We were also interested in both something that wasn't too sweet, still sweet, but not too sweet, and had quite a lot of liquor in it, because we want it to work. <laughs> For sure. So, so I present to you the official cocktail of Hair of the Werewolf, the summer Hair of the Werewolf drink. Yes. Um. And so we're drinking it while we record this episode, but we are also going to post the recipe on our social media so that if you want to make it and join us, you can. I'm also going to just tell you the recipe right now, but if, if you don't want to write it down, you can totally... <laughs> or, yeah, like you're driving, please. Yeah, totally uh, check our it's gonna be on Instagram social media. or anything. We'll have, yeah. the, we'll have the recipe there. So I'm doing this recipe in terms of parts, but the way to measure that is it's either a full jigger fill or use a shot glass. So it's like 1.5-ish ounces. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how much a part is. So it's two parts golden rum, and we're not using spiced or black rum. It's like golden age rum. It's two parts grapefruit juice, one part pineapple juice or nectar. We buy the Humex nectar because it's delicious. Yeah. Um, it's a half part triple sec and a half part lime juice. Put it in a shaker with ice, shake it up, and pour it into a 16-ounce glass with ice. So, you know, it can be a tiki mug, it can be anything. And then the little bit of headspace you have left, we pour a lager beer in it. You know, like Paps or like Coors like, or whatever. Yeah, anything to... Your cheap beer Just to like. top it off. It adds a, it cuts the sweetness and it adds some foam. If you're super anti-beer, you can totally get away with using carbonated water instead just to top it off. But I recommend the beer because that's the flavor we're going for. So it's only about like two ounces of beer. Right. So. Exactly. I think it really just gives it a little kind of smoothness to it. I don't Absolutely. know. Like, but not harsh carbonation, which I think it's really helpful somehow with just drinking it casually and and when it comes to the rum you know there's a lot of different golden rums you can use we like cruising aged rum you could probably get away with bacardi gold even though you know we're not super into bacardi but i will say if you use a spiced rum like sailor jerry or captain morgan or a black rum like kraken it's definitely going to impact the flavor and it might it might not taste i think it uh we tried it we actually tried it with black Black rum. rum And that made it too super sweet, but like cough syrupy sweet. It little molasses and it's not worth it. Yeah, it went into a really wrong direction with mm-hmm. the uh, other well, ingredients. With yeah. the, at least the other ingredients, yeah. So if you want to try that, then maybe you will need to adjust the whole drink or maybe just not make it at all because at that point, it's not going to taste good. Trust me, you need the golden rum. Anyway, but what I was going to say about it is that we are, so this is our summer tiki drink, and we're going to be doing one for each season. And I'm pretty excited because I have to come up with, have to, like, I don't want to, the fall recipe drink. So, yay. I can't wait. So, right now, that means we're kicking off the summer drink that we're going to be enjoying, you know, during these hot months. Yeah. And to commemorate it, we're doing an all-tropical island episode. Granted, (laughs) most of the stories aren't actually from tropical islands. They're just islands. But anyway. (laughs) They're just islands now. New Zealand. Um, But anyway. So, anyway. I hope you can join us for a drink, and if you're if you're on your way to work, have a coffee and just think about tropical drinks, and it'll be great. Yes. <laughs> so before we jump into the story, some of you may be familiar with the word tiki. Uh, people who know us personally have definitely enjoyed stuff with our tiki bar, but mm-hmm. others you may not. So before we get into the scary stories, we should probably explain a little bit more about what tiki is. The word tiki can actually refer to two different things. The first meaning refers to the name given to the first man in the Maori mythology. The Maori are the natives of New Zealand. Mm -hmm. There are many variations in the creation story of Tiki, but they usually involve his creation by one of the gods, and then he either creates the first woman 
Mari Koriko himself, or she is created by the god Tane, and he marries her. Either way, though, Tiki is directly related to the first reproductive act in Maori mythology. It's it's a big deal. And beyond that, Tiki refers to carvings of humanoid forms in either wood or stone of varying sizes. And they are usually tributes to Tiki, or mm-hmm. they are just supposed to be like a personification of a man within within like wood or stone. These carvings are extremely important and are found throughout Polynesian cultures of dif- with different names in different areas. These statues often signify a tribute or veneration of the dead, and possibly even idolatry. You depending. say veneration? Yeah, it, like a like a respect or a, a tribute, like or an homage, like not homage, but like a like I yeah, like in Christianity, you know, if you have like um, a statue or picture of Christ, it would be called a veneration of Christ. Oh, things like that. Um, it could be considered a form of idolatry, not in the sinful way that Christianity suggested, but more people can worship some of these. So it statues. is. Too- worship it rather than uh, or it can be considered but it's it's religious in some sense so if you put an importance or a spiritual value on something it is still technically a form of idolatry because you are okay. imbuing something onto an object sure okay. um they were often placed or carved in sacred sites that hold significance now this is the real world version of tiki this is the actual historical form of tiki. Mm -hmm. It is an important cultural icon with a deep and respected history. Now, the second definition of tiki is the one more people are probably familiar with. It's Mm -hmm. a blanket term that defines an Americana cultural movement that originated uh, with the opening of Don's Beachcomber Bar in 1933. It is defined by tropical-themed bars, exotic decor, sculpted ceramic mugs, and elaborate (laughs) alcoholic cocktails. It is very much kitsch, and it gained popularity as a form of escapism during the 50s and 60s. At its peak, it was so iconic of American culture, it would even become a major attraction at Disneyland with the Enchanted Tiki Room, which still runs, and it's a yeah, lot of fun. I hear it's amazing. Uh, its origins are undoubtedly a form of insensitive and improper cultural appropriation, though. We do have to acknowledge that. It is an inaccurate representation of Polynesian culture that at the very least can be seen as a stereotype, but at the worst can definitely be seen as offensive. In typical early 20th century American style, they didn't seem to care. The Americans, <laughs> not the Polynesians. Oh, I was like, The oh. Polynesians cared. Um, and that's an unfortunate scenario. <laughs> some of some early tiki mugs were actually based on legitimate totems that had importance to the people that made them. That's not cool. Oh, okay. So they actually took replicas yeah, of what some of them were, versus yeah. just making it just yeah, fun or whatever. And that that kind of thing, that's just not cool. So it's kind of like, yeah, I guess, like you said, taking the image of Christ and being like, look at me. <laughs> Drink I, out of my Christ oh, mug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's weird. <laughs> that it's is kind of weird. Yeah, Polynesian culture is so complex and it's so rich and it's full of history and generations of human experience. And... A lot of it is completely ignored with this. Sure. Um, the original tiki movement was a means of indulgence. That's all it was. But it was hidden behind a veil of experiencing other cultures. So they said, hey, this is how they do it over there. So it's okay if we have a bunch of shirtless girls and hulaing all around right. while we drink cocktails out of like weird sculpted mugs. Like They were like, we're experiencing this, so it's okay. It wasn't real, and it was just their excuse to be crazy. Sure. The movement fell out of favor in the 70s, and it appeared to die completely. However... In recent years, there has been a modern tiki revival that has a very different purpose in view. It is not only aware of the faults of the original movement, but also aims to distance itself. It is a form of retroism and escapism, but above all, it's an aesthetic. It does not intend to represent or define itself as Polynesian or anything existing any real cultural group. And attempts to remove anything that alludes, and it made attempts to remove anything that alludes to the idea that this was realistic. Right. It is more of a fantasy world now. It is a complete fiction. Tiki is not dissimilar to Harry Potter or Star Wars in terms of how it is enjoyed now. It depicts exotic beaches, dangerous adventures, exciting legends, and over-the-top imagery. It's part Indiana Jones, part SpongeBob, a <laughs> little bit of Gidget, and a whole lot of alcohol. Yeah. It even has its own cosplay known as the Hawaiian t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> every every human can enjoy that one. Right, right. Doesn't matter <laughs> if you guy, age. girl, kid. Yeah, it's the perfect, perfect outfit. Yeah. And nowadays, tiki mugs, they're not based on like real gods. They're not even, the idea isn't even that they're real gods. Usually, they're just artistic creations that follow this tiki aesthetic. Mm-hmm. So most people I know with tiki mugs, including ourselves, they're things like Spider-Man tiki mugs or Nightmare Before Christmas tiki mugs. Like, they're just things 
recreated with kind of a ceramic yeah i'm i'm currently drinking out of a blowfish um a puffer fish a puffer fish oh yeah that's right not a blowfish yeah and mine i think is actually from the enchanted tiki room i think that's the one that uh, your brother oh, brought us oh right that's right i think yeah. you're right so um anyway like nowadays the idea is it's kind of like imagine this fictional non-existent beach atmosphere mm-hmm. have drinks and it has nothing to do with like saying this is how other people because there's no there's nothing like this. It's all weird outfits and and clothing and and surf music and all that fun stuff. It's right. it's it's an aesthetic now and it's separated from its kind of <laughs> just uh, ideology or like you know yeah, different the unfortunate gods. origins of people who are like this is how they did it. Let's drink. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Let's take this god and make it yeah. into a cup. I don't need to pretend that another culture is real so that I can get drunk. I, I'll get drunk on my own. It's good. Wait, not Cinco de Mayo or St. Patrick's Day or anything like that? Yeah. <laughs> so while we drink our kitschy American tiki drinks, I think the most appropriate starting story would actually be about a real life tiki Ooh. experience. So for the first story, we're going to New Zealand, where tiki, as I said earlier, is the name of the first man created by the gods. Mm-hmm. And I, while doing my research, I found a personal story some guy posted to um, a, a brand new site called like Whoop-dee-doo where people can post all kinds of stuff, but people can post unsolved mysteries and paranormal stuff. Whoa. And so this guy okay. just posted one story. So it's not like he's a, like a storyteller or crazy or whatnot, but he posted on there. I thought it was really good. His name is Johnny Fram. Uh, he's an outdoorsy type who loves to hunt and fish. That's pretty much how he described himself in his little <laughs> bio. His single post details how he encountered a Maori curse. Ooh. In November of 1997, Johnny and his cousin were on a hunting trip in Uriwera National Park, if I pronounce that correctly, which is on the eastern side of the northern island of New Zealand. The hunting trip was going rather unsuccessfully, with neither of them finding any substantial game to shoot. His cousin suggested they move their hunt to a new location upstream about five hours from their camping hut. They left early the next day, walking around 30 meters from each other. Uh, They were like 30 meters apart. Now, that might be a hunting technique. I don't really know. I have no idea. (laughs) If I'm walking somewhere with you, I'm going to be standing right next to you. But they were like 30 meters apart, so maybe so they could like... I know it's not a good technique if you're being hunted. Yeah, but (laughs) I'm wondering if this was like, so maybe they could like not be too loud and scare off game or anything like that. Oh, that makes sense. Or if you see it, then it doesn't know where to run to. Yeah. No, as, I, I'm not even going to try to dissect that. As weird as it is, though, it is actually, the, the reason I'm mentioning is it is important. Oh, okay. So they're 30 meters apart from each other with Johnny in the front. As they were walking, his cousin called out to him and said, hey, I found something. Come on back. So he had to backtrack. He backtracked to his cousin who was staring at something lying in the stream. It was a round mm-hmm. log with carvings in it. He described it as, quote, eyes and mouths and diamonds carved into the log, end quote. He also stated that it didn't look like a recent carving and that it looked notably old. Hmm. He also mentioned that he got a bad feeling from the log when he was looking at it. Walk away. There was something indescribable about it that made him want to avoid it. Despite that, his cousin was eager to move the log. (laughs) Johnny refused to help. Damn it, Johnny. And his cousin's efforts to move it failed. Oh, okay. They soon abandoned the log and continued upstream. They came to a farm and asked the man there if he was familiar with the carved log they found in the stream earlier. He was not, but he was very interested in investigating himself. Hmm. On their return journey, his cousin placed a marker near the log to make it easier to find for the guy at the farm. The rest of the hunting trip was as fruitless as the beginning, and they soon returned to their respective homes. However, things began to happen to Johnny. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, right? Was he the only one that touched it right like, no he didn't touch it he claims not not have touched it It was his cousin who was wanting to move it and touch it oh okay gotcha i just yeah. i got their names he claims up. he didn't touch it um and this story nothing seems to happen to his cousin oh yeah. weird so the first thing that he mentions is that a sparrow began appearing at his house with a startling frequency it behaved erratically abnormally and would often try to come inside his home and would often stay around overnight And it wouldn't be scared of other animals like dogs or cats like Mm. a sparrow normally would. Johnny also noticed that he was beginning to get extremely tired, taking frequent naps and sleeping much, much longer than normal. 
This was accompanied by vicious headaches and a lack of desire to eat. He claims to have lost 10 kilograms of weight over the next few weeks because of how little he was eating. Mm. He also was having fevers. He was smart, though, because he decided at this moment, I need to see a doctor, okay, which good. I'm pretty sure most people wouldn't have. I mean, most people are like, oh, I'll just get over well, it. Well, not over here in the States. It'd be like, uh, I'll be all right. Yeah, I can't afford that. <laughs> I can't afford it. He claims to have had multiple tests done at different hospitals, and they could find nothing obviously wrong with him. This continued for quite some time until one day he was talking to a family friend. During the conversation, he mentioned the hunting trip. And his friend, surprisingly, became increasingly concerned. Hmm. Later that evening, the friend called him up and told him he was coming to pick him up. Apparently, oh, wow. that friend went to talk to someone else who was familiar with that type of situation and referred them to a tohunga, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. A tohunga is a Maori term for expert practitioners, which includes things such as priests, healers, teachers, etc. Johnny met with the Tahunga, who asked to hear the entire story about the encounter with the carved log. The Tahunga asked Johnny to repeat the story three times, and then asked him specifically where the carved log was now. The Tahunga explained to Johnny that he had, quote, picked up the spirit guardian, end quote, that was attached to the carving. He claimed mm-hmm. it was either because he'd inadvertently touched it or walked over it, which interfered with it, you know, because he was going first instead of his friend. Oh, uh, right. The attached spirit caused a wasting curse to be enacted upon Johnny. The Tahunga then began to perform several acts to help free the curse from Johnny. This included the consumption of blessed water and various movements and positions of his head and back to hopefully release and loosen up the spirit to leave. Interesting. The process led Johnny to become very tired. He returned home and went to sleep. Well, it sounds like he's been doing a lot of yoga movement right. there. I feel <laughs> right. like I'm going home and sleeping too. I'm out. <laughs> While he was under, Johnny's mother discovered the dead body of the sparrow lying on the bench outside their home. <gasps> According to the Tahunga, the curse would have resulted in either the death of the bird or of Johnny. Over the next few weeks, Johnny's appetite did return, and he put on his original weight. The people around him commented that he seemed way more alive and present than when he was sick and cursed. Only, this wasn't the end of it for Johnny. He mm-hmm. claims that over the next few years, spirits began to come and visit Johnny at night. Oh, my God. Like tiki spirits? He claims he underwent bouts of sleep paralysis during (gasps) a lot of these visits as well. What? He couldn't talk with the spirits, but he could sense their demeanor or their attitude. He said some of them were kind and others were evil. He even said that some of the spirits would follow him on his later hunting trips. He specifically mentioned one that sat next to him on his bed at home, and he described it as very evil. Uh Uh-uh. Nope. After some time, Johnny got sick of it. I would too, though. Let's be honest. (laughs) Over some time, I'm like, first uh, evil spirit, I'm done. Right? I'm out. So he decided to visit a different Tahunga. I don't think it's because he had a problem with the first one. I think he was probably just (laughs) in a different place. He's like, I need a second opinion. (laughs) I think he was just in a different place in his life. Sure, that's fine. He then learned that his curse had opened him up to experiencing these supernatural events Mm. and that he is now even like a magnet for spirits. So this is totally similar to how things like a lot of people become medians and whatnot. Because they, well... That sometimes, sometimes near-death experiences right. and stuff like that can yeah. like open you up to these. So he had something similar to that just in this in this particular uh, situation. Which he actually almost did die, according to the other Tahunga. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the Tahunga gave him ways of dealing with the spirits and even how to ask them to leave. Johnny said it did work, and through these methods, he has been able to prevent the spirits from following him and visiting him in general. Now, this is a very hearsay story, sure. It's probably one of my favorite kind of stories about a tiki curse because it's not glamorous. It's not like a Hollywood version, like the Brady Bunch when there was that stupid little tiki thing. <laughs> a little like, This was a guy who, you know, whether or not you want to believe there was a curse, he did get sick and his whole family had to deal with it. And he was dealing with stuff. He went to hospitals and everything. Yeah. He went through an experience. And he, like, tried to just get better uh, either way. And luckily for him, he was a lot more open-minded, but maybe it's because of like he grew around Mm. it and people were able to recognize it versus him being like, oh, do I just go to a Tahunga now or whatever, you know? Because when you're sick, you don't even know who to turn to. You're just like, I just want to curl up in a ball and die. Exactly. Yeah. So something actually happened to him and he talked about it and this wasn't glamorous and it was pretty depressing. And and (laughs) he had to go through something. So... It just makes me kind of worried, like, if I'm walking through the woods, like, on a hike, and all of a sudden I see some sort of, like, statue, and I'm not New Zealand, could be any culture statue, like, all of a sudden you have to think to yourself, 
am I just in its presence pissing it off? Because like we said earlier, he didn't want to move the log. He didn't want to do anything crazy. It was kind of like maybe he stepped over it first. Yeah. And all of a sudden the spirit around there is like, why are you in my shit? It's like you're disturbing my peace. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, um, that's kind of messed up. I try not to like touch weird things when I'm hiking. But then again, I'm not really an outdoorsy person. So if a plant looks weird, I'm like, I'm just not going to touch that either. <laughs> I bet that's poison something. Yeah, either. it's probably another poisonous thing that's going to kill me. So I'm out. But I do like it. I think it's a good story. And I find the prospect of being cursed by a carved tiki terrifying, but also super fascinating. <laughs> and I'm all into it. So how big was it described again? Well, it was it was a perfectly round log that was so big, his cousin, a grown male, could who, not move who it. he couldn't. He yeah. was doing it by himself. He was though. doing it by himself because okay. uh, Johnny and refused to touch it. And it didn't help because he got cursed anyway. Maybe the tiki god was offended. It's like, what's wrong with touching me? I touch you now. Or maybe he's lying and he did move it, but he doesn't want to admit it because people will be like, well, you deserved it because you were messing sure. with it. Sure, that makes sense. Could be all that. But yeah, yeah. so it was pretty big. I mean, it was pretty big. Like maybe you'd call it a totem or maybe what, but it was in, it was falling down in the river, it sounds like. So um, maybe it had fallen over long ago. It had rolled down there. It could have been anything. And they may have been some of the first people to walk by in a mm-hmm. long time. Because they're on a hunting trip, so they're not taking paths. Main trails, right. Yeah, so yeah. Um, they were definitely probably on relatively untempered ground so Ooh, creepy but there that was a more realistic tiki story after we discussed americana tiki kitsch which is nothing like that <laughs> no we usually don't get cursed by our tiki drinks i hope so, not i get a hangover that's maybe a, that's my little i know <laughs> the only curse <laughs> from our tiki mugs is the hangover <laughs> um but my next story is much closer to the types of stories that my co-host lily here likes to tell so if you're looking for her kinds of stories i got a good one for you oh yeah in case anyone has not caught on i don't have a story today this is very much a tiki theme which is chases chases in control today yes subject matter so we are all in it but don't worry i'm sure next episode i won't say anything (laughs) i'll just let you take it over (laughs) who knows what we'll do but yeah so this next one is definitely in line with yours and it also takes place in new zealand so it's very great i'm excited so, for those of you unfamiliar with the south or the southern hemisphere island of New Zealand, it's a massive city. One of the largest cities is Auckland, New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And so this, I did a little research when I was looking into Auckland. It turns out the area is full of haunted locations. I don't know if I was surprised because usually when you think, well, if there's a lot of people, then a lot of shit can go wrong. Right. But also, if there's a lot of people, maybe there won't be haunted stuff because there's always people around. And usually haunted stuff is kind of like small villages or abandoned areas. And this is neither. Yeah. And so, uh, but apparently it's full of haunted stuff. And while looking, I found one that just caught my mind, uh, caught my eye. And I just had to go with it. <laughs> and it caught your mind. <laughs> and it is known as the King Seat Hospital, mm. which is located in the southern Auckland region of Karaka. King Seat Hospital was a psychiatric hospital that was opened in February of 1932, like a little, almost 100 years ago. Nice. I think it's sort of a rule that if something, if a building ever was a psychiatric hospital, it kind of has to be haunted. It's a rule, for sure. Has there ever been a psychiatric hospital? But now it's like a totally wonderful place that everyone loves. It's like, no, it's... It's always interesting because I, I mean, if it is over, you said over 100 years old-ish... It's, a, it's almost it's like 90, 90-ish years. Oh, okay. So, like, yeah. And that means then definitely, because in my opinion, that's kind of when things would have gone wrong for these people, unfortunately, for treatment. Oh, yeah. And so there's going to be a lot of suffering. See, I yeah, think. that's what I was saying. But is, I don't know how they did in New Zealand. I don't know. Who knows? But, I mean, I, I think I agree with you. It's because the state of medical treatment <laughs> in the 19th and 20th centuries, particularly for psychiatric patients was pretty inhuman it was and not kind i know for sure it was not kind here in the, in the united states so in new zealand i can only imagine we're all we were all more or less on the same page well especially considering that at this time a lot of the people living in new zealand were uh descendants of british colonials and the sure. state of the british medical field oh, in american were well, pretty much synonymous <laughs> yeah time. exactly um so yeah i think these places had a lot of suffering just like you said and that's probably why they're haunted but it's really sad. Whenever you hear that used to be a psychiatric hospital, my first reaction is, oh, it's haunted. Like, yeah, well, you're like, I don't even forget, ooh. I'm like, it was totally haunted. I have a really conflicting feeling when I hear about things like that. It's like, there was a lot of suffering. I'm like, ooh, haunted. Oh. But then it's because, uh-huh. unfortunately, these 
real people had to go through something. We even have a hotel in downtown Albuquerque with a awesome bar on the rooftop that used to be, allegedly used to be a mental hospital. Uh Oh, uh, Park, wait, what is it? Yeah, the Hotel Park Central. Hotel Park Central, yeah. Yeah, at least the story was it used to be in the same song. No, we've, we've had drinks there. We've never stayed there, though. We should do it one day. Although, when you go down the hallways... It's not a very pleasant building inside. Well, it looks like, it still kind of looks like a hospital, so I'm a little freaked out about that. It's just, yeah, it, you can tell it wasn't um, designed as a hotel. Or, yeah. it, or if it was designed as a hotel, the guy who designed it was... He's like, no, we got to keep the integrity of a hospital for some reason. And, exactly. And, they, and uh, mission accomplished. Good job. So, okay, sorry to interrupt. No, no, not at all. Um, Okay, so I did have another thought as to why maybe, (laughs) no, as to why maybe mental hospitals are a thing. And that was that maybe we have this tendency to associate different mental states or mental issues with people's ability to communicate or observe supernatural occurrences. Well, that's always been kind of a thing. So, I mean, if you have a bunch of these people who might have mental problems and people are just assuming, oh, if their brain works differently, maybe they see it. We have a situation where you have a bunch of people that may be able to communicate with the paranormal or supernatural, <laughs> you're keeping them in an area and there's a lot of suffering and it's all that. So it's kind of like a little bit of both. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. But either way, King Seat Hospital is not only haunted, the spiritual activity experienced in the area is often described as being oppressive. Mm. The hospital itself was quite small when it was first built. The first stages of construction were actually done by 20 patients from another mental facility. Mm. I don't know about you, but I think there's something ethically complicated about making patients build their own facility. It's kind of like... Building your own grave, like or or your, your own, or your own prison. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Building your own grave. It's it's a special <laughs> kind of not cool. Yeah. The hospital grew rapidly over the next fifteen years, and in 1947, it was reported to have 800 concurrent patients interred there. At its peak, the hospital was comprised of multiple areas, including a morgue, maximum security area, nurses' quarters, and more. According to a report, it appears that the hospital was a dangerous place for everyone not just the patients. The report stated that more nurses died at the hospital grounds than patients. It also Hmm. went on to claim that staff suicide was a regular occurrence. (gasps) What? Yeah, right? How, How messed up is that? Staff shortages were a huge problem, and most of the patients went without sufficient care as a result. Violence between Mm. patients and staff was a common occurrence, particularly during the 60s and 70s. I don't know why, but it was. Interesting. Oh, I don't know. One former patient claims that an 11-year-old boy was beaten to death by a nurse for stealing a piece of bread. The official cause of death for that boy is listed as pneumonia. What the fuck? Right? In 1967, two 13-year-old boys vanished from the hospital, and their whereabouts are still unknown to this day. The two kids... Oh, it was was a boy and a girl, not two boys. Mm. Uh, The two kids, Bruce Mitchell and Kelly uh, Hayden Collins, went missing in separate but close together incidents. Staff claims they wandered off the property and probably drowned in the Manukau Harbor, which was relatively close. Mm. Investigations into it found only small amounts of evidence. With Mitchell, police claimed to have found footprints leading to the water. In the case of Collins, they found one of her shoes in a paddock, like a sheep paddock. Yeah. Investigations never found bodies or any evidence of foul play. Mm. Uh Uh-huh. Not sounding suicidal, but okay. Bruce Mitchell's brother, John Mitchell, knows something sinister happened to his brother. In an interview, he claims, quote, every time we went to see him, he was covered in bruises. We were sure he was being beaten, but were always told by hospital staff that he had walked into a door. I think something... (laughs) That's the shittiest excuse. Okay, I'm sorry. I think something happened to him, end quote. I mean... He just disappears after always having bruises and everything. Oh, this man. hospital staff, that's messed up. That's and you know, the girl's the shoe was found in a paddock. You know, this was yeah nothing cool. Right. I think when it comes to psychiatric hospitals, the only thing more common than them being haunted is the fact that they were horrible places. <laughs> everything bad, every bad thing you've heard about mental hospitals happened in this facility. Electroshock therapy, physical mm-hmm. abuse, sexual abuse, starvation, death. Many people who spent time there claim to still suffer from trauma of the time they spent there. Hmm. One woman who spent five years there in 1950s still suffers from the memories even at the age of 75. It was... Of course. If there was ever going to be a place that was haunted, I mean, wouldn't it be this place? Yeah, I mean, and it's unfortunate because at that time, 
there were so many misdiagnoses. Like, it was people who were like, I can't handle his child. And, he, you know, he just needed a little different kind of attention. Or it was something as just as harmless and well, you know like but yeah what we classified um, as mental illnesses was absolutely ridiculous back then yeah. if someone was a homosexual that was considered a mental right. illness like, like or just like a woman it, who didn't want to like get married oh clearly she's insane yeah or yeah. she has postpartum depression all right. of a sudden boom they're like oh she's crazy yeah, and that's she- ridiculous <laughs> exactly and so this is why these places are haunted because people are pissed yeah. when they die there i'm like yeah i'm gonna stick around and like be really hateful as just someone you know, I'm just going to say it. Doctors back then sucked. Just going to say it. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. Well, I thought a lot of times, so I think that was kind of one of the big things, if I remember correctly, in a past research thing that I uh, remember reading about, is that sometimes staff members weren't, they weren't doctors and they weren't enough exactly. doctors or they didn't have And you didn't have uh, to, you didn't have to get, like nowadays to become a nurse, you have to go through some incredibly complicated, hard training and schooling and everything like that. And doctors the same. But back then, a lot of people could become a nurse at a facility just by applying for a job. And they're like, yeah, you're a nurse. And by like some easy training on like how to deal with these people. But each person that's in a mental hospital are going to be different. So nowadays, nowadays we realize, wow, these are positions that require skilled people. So we have very rigorous and hard. (laughs) everything so i mean doctors and nurses now are amazing but like in the 1930s i i'm pretty sure if i had like cancer in the 1930s i was gonna die and there's a good chance the treatment i was gonna get from a doctor was gonna be a lot worse than what i was gonna die from (laughs) Uh, they would just stick you in a mental hospital they're like cancer i don't know what that is go (laughs) away put put him in a mental hospital and every few (laughs) days burn him like with fire and hopefully that'll get rid of it help him purge Purge. Um, yeah, and it's easily. Oh, and, and, and yogurt enemas. Mm, oh my, what the fuck? Because <laughs> Dr. Kellogg, the guy who I think helped oh, invent yeah. Kellogg's cornflakes, he believed that the road to health was having immaculate bowels with regular enemas with but like why yogurt the, and stuff. Why the yogurt? Is that just a. He thought it like cleaned you out. Oh, okay. No other reason than. Yeah, yeah. He like, <laughs> his he would diagnose patients by like just analyzing their poop. Like, under a microscope, as opposed to, like, anything else. There's a really funny... I'm good. <laughs> no, there's a really funny movie with everyone should watch. It's absolutely hilarious, because it's got a lot of famous people in it, um, called Road to Wellville. That's, it's about that. It's really good. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> back, to the, back to the creepy hospital. The hospital would continue to operate for over 50 more years until being shut down in 1999, when you and me were in high school. Due to changing laws and practices relating to the treatment and rehabilitation of people with mental illness. Mm. It took that long, but they finally said, maybe this isn't cool, and tried to fix it. After being abandoned, the facility fell into disrepair. Mm. Through a combination of illegal trespassing, urban exploration, and good old-fashioned rumors, the hospital became a source of local folklore and legend. It wasn't long before stories began to emerge that the place was haunted. People who ventured onto the property often claimed to experience supernatural occurrences, see ghosts, or feel a general sense of dread. Over 100 ghost sightings have been reported at the hospital, officially, Mm. and the most common sighting in the hospital is that of the gray nurse. Gray? The gray nurse, yeah. Ooh, that's creepy. An apparition that walks the halls and is believed to be a former nurse who died at the facility while it was still in operation. Some stories go as far as to claim that she committed suicide on the property, which is why her spirit is still there. Mm. Most of the sightings of the nurse are in the former nurse's quarters. Makes sense. But the apparition has been seen walking throughout the halls of the entire facility. So... She's not specific to an area then. No, but like most of the sightings happen to be in the nurse's quarters, which makes sense. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, maybe that's where she killed herself. Well, sometimes like ghosts are restricted. Oh, absolutely. Or or rather they restrict themselves. I don't really know how it works. Absolutely. And despite most of the, them saying like the, the paranormal activity is oppressive, she doesn't seem to be like wanting to kill no one. She just seems to be there. She's like, just here. Yeah. Yeah. A paranormal investigation group known as Haunted Auckland did multiple investigations into the property. Their investigation described the location as, quote, disorienting, end quote. They also claimed their EMF reader detected a football-sized patch of energy that moved around the area, often resulting in drops in temperature. Oh, that's cool. They also claim that while using a spirit box, they could clearly hear the name Stephen being mentioned. Now, we, you and me have seen a lot of spirit box stuff before, and I really have a hard time <laughs> buying spirit boxes. 
mostly because when I hear it, most of it doesn't actually sound like, like oh, I totally. But hear that when it does, here. and it's interesting because it's not one frequency. Sometimes they, it's a whole word it's, or a phrase, yeah. and they're coming from different um, stations, which means it was actually using the energy of the spirit and box. Picking it up over multiple, yeah. Right, because it doesn't matter the station. It's just the. Uh, it's just trying to pick up that um, static or frequency. I don't know what the terms they use, but anyway, the point is, is that when it's consistently a phrase uh-huh. and it's in it, you can hear it still like stutter. Yeah, that means it's one thing communicating. Well, you know, you never want me near a spirit box because you know I'm gonna be a little bit like Shane and I'm gonna ask inappropriate <laughs> questions. I'd be, I'd be a total. We can totally try that. I'd be annoying as hell with a spirit box. They're gonna be like, I'm just gonna haunt this guy personally because he's pissing me <laughs> off. <laughs> So outside of those events, no concrete evidence was found by Haunted Auckland. They declared the case was still open and the findings findings inconclusive. Mm. Another investigation by a TV show called Ghost Hunt had... <gasps> oh, Ghost Hunt? Yeah, Ghost Hunt. Not Ghost Hunters, Ghost Hunt. All right, all right, right. Had slightly more concrete occurrences. I actually watched this entire episode on YouTube. It was season one, episode two, in case you want to look up online to see it. In one event, which was caught on video, an old dentist chair that was unplugged turned itself on while investigators were nearby. The footage didn't show it being unplugged, but they claimed it was. Okay. But you could see it was totally on and making really creepy noises. No. There was also a photo taken of the shower stall, of a shower stall rather, that appears to have a disembodied eye looking back in it. What? The eye is admittedly creepy as fuck looking. Oh my god, Chase. But as most ghost shows do, they took things quite a bit far and tried to create a digital representation of the apparition's face, which did look stupid. Okay. But <laughs> I saw an eye, and I will admit it was either just a perfect lighting artifact where you were seeing something else in a reflection. Sure. And it looked like an eye, or it was it just looked like an eye. It was a really creepy Ew. picture. I thought it was pretty amazing. I really want to see this now. Yeah. As much as I might not put credit on things like spirit boxes, I do think that there are many other things that can mean a place is haunted. Just because we can't measure or quantify that feeling on the back of your hand creeping up your spine doesn't mean it isn't based on something real. Mm-hmm. Because of this, one thing I can promise you is that this facility looks terrifying. The pictures that Haunted Auckland posted are absolutely disgusting. And I mean, we are talking <laughs> oppressive. Dimly lit rooms, cage doors, barriers Ooh. meant to entrap people. And all the years since its abandonment, the paint has begun to chip and peel and the elements have taken their toll on the ceilings and floor. What I do think needs mentioning, though, is that this place was only shut down 22 years ago. Holy shit. 1999 is when they shut it down. So you and me were in high school, like I said earlier. Yeah. I wouldn't expect a place to have fallen into this level of disrepair in only 20 years. This place looks like it had been abandoned for 100 years. It looks worse than some of the images of Pripyat near Chernobyl of the city that got abandoned overnight in the 70s. It looks worse than that. Well, okay. Okay. That's bad. It's super (laughs) bad. Um, Yeah. None of the pictures of the inside came through. Okay, so I'm looking at the picture. Which one am I looking at, you said? Uh, that picture didn't print, so I'm just going to oh. describe it to you. So, <laughs> it's like half Yeah, gone. so okay. if you if you imagine this, I mean, you look at these rooms, and they look like they had been abandoned for like 100 years, and you see like water damage and, you know, broken windows, and, and the ceilings are falling down. It's the kind of room you're really worried might collapse if you walk into it. Okay. And, you know... It was abandoned in 1999, and we have a mall in town that I think shut down in, like, the year 2000 or 2001. Mm -hmm. It looks a little outdated when urban explorers have gone inside. It looks, like, outdated and empty, but nothing's falling apart. Sure. So... It just weirds me out. So it could be, but uh, I don't know if our elements are as harsh as maybe I'm betting they're harsher there. It it may not Um, be a tropical environment, but it's definitely a wetter environment. Yeah, and we don't have that issue. I mean, the only issue we could have run into was burning down because we have a fire issue here. And so, okay, so like there's that factor. And two, I don't know how much love or like um, structural integrity was going to be put into a mental hospital because of how they felt about that kind of um, facility to begin with. Okay. They, they never took care of it True. internally, and so why would they structurally? I don't know. Oh, that makes sense. Well, yeah. it, there's actually another part to the story that we're going to get to that's going to make you realize it's abandoned, but it's not completely abandoned. There are people still there, and we're going to talk about like, that. Like, as the facility 
Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that. How about you let me, you you tell me. But I do think it's one of those things I really want to explore and I want to check out. So Cool. And it looks like we might be able to. Interesting. Because what makes this place even more interesting is that it is now widely visited and at least in some capacity, we can see all these places because apparently 80 to 90,000 people visit this area every year. That many? Sounds strange, right? Well, only for something that's... you. The way you described it, why would anyone want to oh, go inside? The story's about to take a bizarre twist. It's almost... Oh, my God. It's almost like this was a plot for a horror movie that everyone's just like, this would never happen. have something to do with Halloween. In a capacity, yeah. Okay, go ahead. In 2005, a haunted attraction known as Spookers opened in the facility property. Nice. They based their operations in the old nurse hostel, and according to Wikipedia, many of the special effects at Spookers were created by Weta Workshop, the same people who did Lord of the Rings. Oh, that's cool. The Spookers attraction often are seasonal, and they do change, Mm. and they include things such as a haunted house, a maze, a zombie attack obstacle race, and howling (laughs) events, and an after dark pinball course. Not pinball, paintball course. Oh, it was like pinball? What? Yeah, paintball. Paintball course called Asylum Paintball. Oh my God, I would totally die. I would be amazing. (laughs) It is an insanely popular attraction that garners awards every year, including being considered as one of New Zealand's top 10 attractions. So that's pretty cool because then um, you know there's going to be a lot of stuff going into it. Like oh, money, yeah. resources, like you said, those people that were um, that worked on Lord of the Rings, they were like, hey, I want to do this too. They're just really but it's a, I mean, prideful or like, I don't know what you say, like just proud of it. But how crazy is this? It's a real haunted historic place. That you can now visit, and I mean, how how much of a movie plot is that? Where you're like, oh yeah, check out our haunted house. It used to be a real haunted house. People was like, it wasn't, and then people start dying. And you're like, oh, I guess we shouldn't have done that. They're doing it. They've been doing it for 16 years. Yeah, except no one's died, so good for that them. That I know of. Oh. Maybe maybe people have died. Who knows? <laughs> I doubt it. So all these events, they are all on the hospital grounds, and some of them do use the former hospital buildings. People mm. are going into them, and I have a feeling maybe they're okay with this place falling into disrepair because it just looks. More terrifying. At least it, as long as it doesn't collapse on someone. Yeah, then... so they might be maybe forcing it to look a little bit worse, you know? Yeah. Maybe splashing some paint. There's a <laughs> lot of, like, graffiti. Graffiti doesn't scare me. Usually graffiti just makes me roll my eyes. And I think of, like, some 14-year-old who thinks he's badass. It's sure. like So it's so bizarre to have such a consumer-level attraction right on top of a place with such a horrific and disturbing history. Yeah. Uh, and that is definitely cause controversy. Many former patients of the hospital are very upset with Spookers for disrespecting the memory of those who suffered by placing an attraction at the hospital. That's not uncommon. And I can see their point. I really do. Um, But at the risk of sounding trashy, I'm not going to lie that I am interested in going to the attraction. Oh, so you're like on one side. No, I'm like, yeah, this is really, this is disrespectful. It's awful. But it's there, so I'm going to go. Well, I mean, like we had just talked about, I mean, our insane asylum turned into a hotel. And we've drank there. Um, yes, we have been there a few times. I never felt weird, but I was also drinking, so <laughs> my senses were down. <laughs> well, but I think it's it's amazing to me because how many haunted places are, they're just completely roped off and you can't see them. You can see pictures, you can go to the area, but you're like, you can't go to them. If it's a haunted house, someone lives there now. If it's yeah. an old abandoned building, you can't get there. But this is a place we'd be allowed, we, we, we'd be given permission to go there. I think that's- And the people are there to be scared. Right, I think, I mean, I don't know about the being respectful or anything. I, unfortunately, I guess if it were people that you knew that went there or like family members and things like that, it might be a little jarring yeah. because you knew what they would have had to have gone through at that point. You know what I mean? But like at the same time, it is now a building and um, it's a shell. So if someone was going to be there, a spirit or anything like that, then I don't know if the building would have made a difference itself. That's the point. So it's it, they're there because they're there. And I don't know. I'm not saying, like, make it into attraction, but it could have been anything else maybe that they have. Maybe they don't have a lot of abandoned buildings. I mean, this isn't Detroit or anything. No, you might be right. So I think – I didn't write it down, but I think you're right in that it could have become other things, but this building can't be demolished. I think it's actually classified as a building. So then why not use it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's actually – 
that's that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, unless someone else is going to buy it and do something amazing or beautiful, then perhaps. But it doesn't sound like it's going <laughs> to do that anytime soon. So would you ever be willing to visit here? Absolutely. So, like, the Spookers events sound pretty fun, but I'd be willing to go just on, like, a normal day where you're oh, able yeah, to it doesn't have to be rounds. Yeah, it doesn't have to be the event or anything. I just, I want to just go there. I, I want to see it. I want to, like... I'd love to do the paintball, that nighttime neon day-low paintball or whatever. I've never done paintball. I have no oh, idea. so fun. <laughs> I hear it hurts. I don't um, know. Well, that's why you wear face masks, because the only part it's, that it really sucks to get hit is your face and your ears, and you're, you get that covered up. What about your butt? I've never been shot in the butt. <laughs> I'm not saying that people haven't tried because if I had a good shot of someone's butt, I'd totally I shoot it. I feel like my the back would hurt. I don't know. Just like it doesn't hurt as bad as you think. I, I, I guess been, I don't know. I've seen I've been shot with a BB, and that was way worse. I've never been shot by a BB either. So yeah, BBs are way worse because BBs can actually go into the skin. These, I mean, they're made out of plastic, but they just like pop. I, I think it'd be like if you were shooting gushers at people. That's what it's like. I guess if I guess. No one has really tried to shoot me with anything recently or any time. <laughs> so I don't. There was a time, though, you apparently were getting shot at with a regularity. There was a time, but no longer. <laughs> no, I, so I don't know the pain level. But I guess, like, if a lot of people do it, it can't be that bad. That's true. So I think I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just imagining a time where it's like, before you met me, Chase, I was shot at all the time. All the time. You don't <laughs> understand. So. And I have one more story for you. <gasps> you do? Yay! And this one is very different okay. from the other two. Okay. This one's not in New Zealand. And this one's a little bit more Indiana Jones mm. and possibly Ancient Aliens. I, I don't watch that show, but I think it goes into that category because they actually did an episode Is there a show it. called Ancient Aliens? Yeah. Yeah, there oh. is. And it's people who try to think that a lot of things like the pyramids are built by aliens. That's kind of what it's about. Is it just like a movie or something? Or no, it's, I think it's a History Channel show. How long can they talk about aliens and pyramids? I don't know. I think they have like five seasons or something. Holy moly. Good eh. for them. I've never watched it because, you know, I just haven't. I, don't I haven't have cable, but... watched it because, you know, I avoid that stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to travel to the island of Pompeii. Not okay. Pompeii. Not, not Italy's Pompeii with Vesuvius and the, this P-O-H-N-P-E-I. So like Pompeii. I may be pronouncing it wrong. Maybe it's Pompeii, but I think it's Pompeii. Okay. Which is part of the nation of Micronesia to the north of New Zealand. So it's an island. It's a collection of islands. This is just one of the big islands is Pompeii. Cool. On Pompeii lies a mysterious archaeological site called Nan Madal. It has only recently become more studied and made more media presence thanks to advances in technology that have allowed them to take better scans and research and 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 whatnot oh into yeah the area. yeah sometimes referred to as the eighth wonder of the world nan madal is a temple built on the edge of the island mm. it is a massive structure comprised of a large central temple and tomb and many smaller structures and walls it was built in a lagoon and is comprised of 97 block-like sections all of which are interconnected by canals kind of like venice some people call it the Venice of the Pacific. Oh, that's cool. Building this structure required the creation of artificial islets, and part of it is built directly on top of a reef in the water. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah. The walls are made out of large basalt rock, with some of the individual stones weighing as much as 50 tons apiece. Mm. Some of the walls are over 25 feet tall, and sometimes as thick as 17 feet. Estimates vary, but it is believed by many that this structure underwent construction around 1200 CE. Holy it moly. likely took thousands of people hundreds of years to complete. Where's the picture? Oh, I have the picture thing here. So the the recreation, you can see part of it of what it's supposed to look like. I'm, this uh, isn't real. This is the recreation. So the recreation, I get one third of the picture because it. But you can see how it's the out computer in the water died. And the walls. Right. Okay. So, okay. So these stones are they Massive. look long they're like the, those so, the stones are like giant logs made out of stone they look like pancakes well no these are like they're not uh, they tall like, or wide they're long oh, oh so they're, okay. they're like logs like imagine them building walls out of you know timber but they're stone timber instead of oh that's pretty cool i like the recreation thing that looks really wait until you see the full picture before I, we post know, it on our like, social media <laughs> i can't see the whole thing but it looks cool what makes this structure more mysterious is that scientists don't even know how it was built. 
There is no way for them to fathom how these people were able to source the stones. Is it the same way? Like they didn't know about the pyramids? Or yeah, like, except the pyramids, they've they at least had partial documentation and they've got theories. We can't yeah. prove some of them. Some of them, we have enough evidence to say this happened. Sure. But how do they, where do they get the rock? How did they shape it? And how did they get it to the location to build walls that like some of them start underwater? Well, I was going to say the picture that I'm looking at right here, it looks like it's well, not floating on water, but they're in water. Yeah, they, yeah. they built it in the lagoon on top of a reef. Right. That's it's hell? It's insane. And it's so some scientists have yeah. suggested that they're moving them on rocks, I mean, on, on rafts. But how do you move a 50-ton rock on, on a raft, raft uh, 800 <laughs> years ago? <laughs> Just to spice it up. I have no idea. Wow. And the design of this whole place is completely bizarre. And it's unlike anything else on the planet, especially for its time. They don't even know exactly what this structure, what this place was for, but it seemed like it was the center of kind of like an arching society. There have been people who jokingly refer to it as Atlantis, but I Mm. always roll my eyes when people say that word. Sure. But it seemed to have been kind of a center point where there might have been a singular ruler over a wide area of these islands. Okay. Some people, it was a place for the elites of society, and others think maybe it was a place for traders to be in. So, like people who traded traders, not not people against. Oh, like the, not a yeah yeah. yeah. That it, it allowed like guards and whatnot to keep an eye on them because they were in like one centralized location. Ooh, it's kind of like when um, there's like designated uh, Craigslist meetups sections. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> uh, the here's camera, your Craigslist. Like, hey, you won't get screwed over here's here. Here's your lonely hearts misconnections area. Yeah. <laughs> keep you here. <laughs> Those are really fun to read. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> now, as cool as this is from a total Indiana Jones Tomb Raider perspective, because you look at it, you just check out the pictures on social media. This place looks gorgeous. Imagine like old stone ruins that are overgrown with like palm trees and everything. It just looks like all you want to know is it all the crazy super stuff. green, and then the water is just crisp blue. It's beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. But locals want nothing to do with this place. <gasps> Now, this island has thousands and thousands of people living on it, and they don't want to go anywhere near this place. In fact, the locals have nicknamed it the City of Ghosts. Most people on the island, like I said, will not even visit it, but the few who are willing to visit it will only do it during the day. Okay. They refuse to stay there overnight because it is apparently common belief on the island amongst the locals that staying overnight usually means you're going to die. Holy shit, that's severe? Yeah. The most common thing reported by locals is that at night, glowing orbs can regularly be seen floating and flying around the ruins. Ew. To the point where even foreigners who have come, scientists to investigate, they have also reported seeing these orbs when they've been there at night. I'm out. They have not died, but they have seen these oh, orbs. Oh, so they stayed overnight. Oh, yeah. There's some oh, who have okay. set up camp there. Uh, not the locals, because they won't do sure. it. But they, these these orbs, that's not the, just the locals who are seeing them. They're scientists who are like, we don't know what's going on there. But they're in their heads are like, there should be an explanation, which maybe they're not as uh, scared of it. I, don't I was know. just excited that none of them said the word ball lightning. Ball lightning. <laughs> that's all that matters to me. <laughs> Many have also reported or at least believed that ghosts roam through the old ruins and most of the ghosts that people report seeing are giant. They're huge. What? I'm sorry, what? They're not like normal people. These are giants, like massive ghosts. Okay, I have like instantly a new fear. Tell me how crazy that is, right? A ghost giant. And that kind of makes sense because according to the spoken word history, because there's no written documents from that, the idea is that this city was built by giants, which is why they could have moved the stones and put it because they could have stood in the water and placed it down because they were so tall. So how giant are we Are we talking here? We're going to get there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. So part of these fears could be just tradition going back to when there was a local king in the area. His name was Namwarki. Namwarki. And he declared, quote, to disrupt the holy ground that once belonged to past rulers with supernatural powers would be breaking the law, end quote. Hmm. Whether or not this is the cause, many of the locals think there's a curse that protects the areas. One of the largest expeditions into there's the area. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Well, there's a what protecting the area? There is a curse that protects the area. Ah, uh, Okay. 
One of the largest expeditions into the area was met with disaster. In 1874, ships carrying countless crates of artifacts recovered from the area were lost at sea shortly after departing, and all the people on the boats died as well. Holy. Which, by the way, is huge because that is considered one of the most detrimental things that happened because they probably took the vast majority of artifacts that existed. So there's so much we don't know about the area because it's now probably at the bottom of the sea. And how we bottom don't have is it? Okay. We don't <laughs> I mean, like, how far is they, it They said to that they sunk near Midway Island, which is in the middle of nowhere, uh, and it's very deep. Great. So we have no idea. Got it. Yeah. And later in, like, the early 20th century... Um, the whole nation was under German rule, I'm assuming, while they're, yeah, mm-hmm, German mm-hmm. imperialism and whatnot. They saw yet another unfortunate event. The local governor, who also was German, his name was Victor Berg, ignored the royal decree that said, don't go to this area. And right. he entered one of the tombs. In it, he allegedly opened an ancient coffin and found several skeletons, each of which he described as being two to three meters tall. <gasps> Uh-huh. Ew. Oh, my so God. So to answer your question, the ghost would be three meters tall. Which Got is it. Not like super tall, but it's tall. <laughs> well, I mean, taller than It's anything. taller than a human. Right. But like, I, it's not like a 40 foot tall giant. But like giant. creepy enough tall. Uh-huh. Like, like what's happening here? Yeah, it's, it's, it's creepy. Okay, it's creepy. That's just nasty. After opening the coffin, a massive storm allegedly hit the island. Berg became delirious and he died the next morning. Oh, my God. Now, if I recall correctly, sometimes that's a thing. If he went into an area where there was, like, a lot of gases that weren't released, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean, like, traps. Yeah, not they, like- they talk about, like, different curses of tombs that happened to um, when the King Tutankhamun's mm-hmm. tomb was uncovered. They think a lot of people died afterwards that it might have been exposure to, like, mold spores and whatnot. Right, right. Yeah, like a something. Uh, I keep wanting to say his name was Carson. It wasn't. Uh, started with a C. Wow. Uh, Anyway, but yeah, so maybe, maybe well, that's meant, what happened to him. No, well, I meant like, uh, I mean like trapped gases. I don't mean. Carter, maybe it was Carter. But trapped <laughs> gases, tra- sorry, sorry, it was just killing me. <laughs> no, you're um, good. I think it was Carter. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, trapped gases, but. Like not enough oxygen, so maybe that's where his delirium But to die out. within 24 hours, like usually if you're exposed oh, to gases, fair. you'll die within minutes. Okay, you're right. But then he got delirious and was sick and a doctor, uh, a physician analyzed him and said, I don't know what's wrong with you. And then he died. Uh, okay, so when the I heard day. it, I heard it in my head like he got delirious and then died. But no, no it was like a whole day. He died the next morning. Ah, uh, then maybe not. Who and knows? it was mysterious. Some yeah. people said he died from heat exhaustion. Uh, and maybe he did. Hey, I don't know what the situation knows? was. Yeah. Ba- back then, people did crazy stuff. We learned <laughs> how the doctors were in, you know, the around this same time, so you never know. Either way, I cannot wait to visit these rooms. I would totally go at night. I would totally do it. Although I want to see um, giant ghosts and orbs. With the slight, if it was a drinking game day, we'd be drinking for all the orbs. With the slight um, alien mm-hmm. twist to it, mm-hmm. that might keep me away. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it scares the shit out of me. Both However, if you go, I would go. You go with me, or let's like, get abducted together. Okay. <laughs> if I die, <laughs> we might as well do it together. Right. Uh, or you know, a bunch of friends. I'm okay, and then you know, I'll bring my own rum, and we, we should be. A, we, I, I'll be fine. I'll try, be fine. Try to sell that to your friends. Like, by the way, I'm pretty sure we're gonna die. <laughs> But I don't want to do it alone. But don't worry, I got rum. But I have rum, so I think we're going to be okay. We're going to die. At least we'll be drunk. (laughs) So, believe it or not, my notes end abruptly there, but there wasn't any more to the story. Um, I'm fascinated by this place. I'm super... The pictures, I mean, the picture, it looks gorgeous. What is it? Okay, so what was the island called again? Or the area, you said? So, um, the island is Pompeii. Which right. is one of the islands of Micronesia, okay. and the the actual this, this the ruins the structure, okay. are known as non madol. Non madol. N a n. That's one word, and the other word is m a d o l. Non madol. I watched a YouTube video, okay. and a local pronounce it non madol. Well, non madol. I'm I'm butchering it with an American accent, but you know. Honestly, never in my life have heard of this. Me it's neither. In, it's insane that I haven't. How did I not it know? It totally popped up on my Google when I ser- I was searching for Polynesian curses. <laughs> 
It's like it's bam. not even a curse. Well, I guess I think it brought up, it I brought up, I brought up the German guy who died, and that's where the curse came from. Oh, okay. And then I found out in the last three years they've been doing a lot of scientists have been getting like scans of the area and drone footage, sure. and they've been doing recreations of what they think it looked like. And uh, does it get just more and more impressive? The it's more they one of the it? most impressive things I've ever seen, and it is considered by scientists to be one of the few structures we just do not know how they did it. Okay. Based um, on the resources. Now, now, yeah, most scientists would argue, I'm sure they had a way. Is it one of those things where the stone is, like, foreign, too? Like they do in Mexico no, or whatever? No, the stone, they said, could have been mined from the other side of the island, which was a very far way away. This island is still pretty big. Okay. Um, but moving it to that side, it's not sourced where this was built. Like, it's it was not specifically like right there. brought from another part of the island. And which you're like, is, why didn't they just build it there? But they had right. to build it here. Mm-hmm. So there's so many questions. And because it's a tropical, this one is tropical. This was literally a tropical right. terrace. Uh, because it's such a tropical area, you know, all that moisture and plants will just destroys evidence of almost anything that isn't like stone. So even if they had paper or written wood or anything would gone right and that's why i'm even more sad about all that stuff that got lost at sea because <laughs> what was there that did survive um more stone yeah. i don't know truly um, amazing this totally goes back to what i said earlier about the whole indiana jones being part of the whole thing that i love it about belongs it. in a museum right now it's in the ocean <laughs> yeah sad didn't make it no um so anyway that's we got three different stories we've got a we've got a new zealand curse We've got a haunted New Zealand uh, hospital, and then we have a mysterious ancient ruins that has glowing orbs and possible ghost giants walking around it. Yeah, ghost giants are basically my new fear, uh, right next to aliens now. So if you can't think of a better reason to drink a Hair of the Werewolf (laughs) Summer cocktail, I don't know what is. Yeah, I need the fear to go away, so I'm going to finish this cocktail, but I guess that's you said that's the end of your story? That's what I got. And we said we would go... I might so. be. I might not want to camp there because if I start seeing stuff, I want to leave. Oh, and okay. I don't want to leave a tent, but I'll be willing to stay there after dark. But then we leave. Okay, that's understandable. I don't want to have to pack up a tent when I'm scared. <laughs> Just leave the tent. Yeah, but then I'm losing money. But then come back in the morning. I think with my wallet first. <laughs> I think with the next day I can come back. Oh, but then we might not want to. It's fine. Yeah, if I'm truly terrified, I'm not going back. That's true, that's true. Okay, that's fair. I guess we could do like just <laughs> sleeping bags on the ground, but I mean, this is a tropical area. If I do that, then like this giant centipede is gonna, like, gonna crawl say, into my sleeping no. bag. And I'm gonna bring him back to the States unknowingly inside my bag, open it up and create a, a, a new, new invasive system. species yeah. that's like destroying. Hey, if this, Im- well, no, not really. Uh, centipedes are never okay. We have them here and I'm okay with the sized ones we Ugh. have here because I've, I've seen. They're still too big for how me. big they grow no anyway okay so I, I realized a couple things so like i'm cool with spiders i'm cool with roaches i don't like mice not because i'm scared of them but because of the diseases they carry a lot of diseases uh, i'm not scared of them i'm just mad at them but i discovered while we were in italy that i am terrified of scorpions <laughs> i didn't know why you think oh well they're just like spiders with a tail for some reason that's enough so a scorpion literally tried to attack me. He ran straight at me. He's like, I want this fucking guy. Yeah, I remember that moment. Uh, it was a moment that I <laughs> no longer knew English. and I. Whenever you're scared, you forget English. I forget English, and I'm like, oh, my God, a fucking alacran. And Chase is like, what is that? I like how you make and me sound so congruous. No, I'm like, no, what the hell is that? No, no, uh, well, you were, no, you just turn around casually like, why are you screaming this crazy word? And I'm on top of the couch screaming like a little girl and unable to like tell you it's a damn scorpion because that that word left my soul i was like i i don't know was i still unaware that there was a scorpion chasing after my milkshakes yeah <laughs> you bring all the scorpions yeah, he's like to the yard <laughs> let's go bring him to my yard uh yeah so i had to kill that with our our takeaway food container lid i totally killed it and then i also found out that i am terrified of centipedes when i think um, everyone kind of is well all the ones i've seen have been really small around here until i saw one when i was at work and we were out out in the backyard at work and uh this giant centipede that looked like it was maybe 10 inches long mm-hmm. and with its legs out was several inches thick it was the yep. biggest centipede i've ever seen i've seen one and i day. i i actually froze like when i saw <laughs> i was like oh my god you're like taking it back you're like whoo 
how and, how are you doing this? And then my coworker Micah, manly man that he was, he uh, just cuts it in half, and he's like, "Fuck those things!" And I'm like sitting there, I'm like. Well, he, our, our lovely friend Micah and his wife, uh, Tristan, she, yeah, they live out in the mountains. And so that, I think. They're used to that shit. They're used to it. That That's where they come from in my head. I was not ready to see a centipede that big. I, small ones I can handle because I'm like, oh, it's just a little centipede. This one, that big, I was like horrified. Yeah. Anyway, so I think that's the end of our story. I hope we grossed you out enough at the end there. Right. But at the very least, if you have found any of the stories super fun, I'm super happy. And we also hope that if some of you joined us in the cocktail, that you enjoyed it and that it yes will become a part of your regular summer drink. I expect everyone to be drinking this by the next episode. Yeah, we're making <laughs> we're we're starting a movement because yeah, we're probably gonna drink a quite movement. a few of these all summer yeah this is gonna be the drink and like i said it's not gonna be the last hair of the werewolf drink that we're gonna be making this is the summer one this is the summer one i'm doing the fall but anyway um i hope you enjoyed our episode if you guys ever want to communicate with us then we are on social media and if you want to listen to us on a different platform as i discovered a lot of people don't know we're like on spotify apple amazon um, obviously the, big, the big key being Spotify. So if you're yeah. listening to us on a different method and you want to check us out on Spotify, please do it. It is my chosen platform. It's <laughs> yeah. most people's. And people were shocked that we're on Spotify. We are. Do it. It's awesome. I thought we were uh, clear about it, but I guess not. Um, we were drinking. We we have been <laughs> drinking uh, in the past. So not a lot of people knew that. We've been there since day one. So if you f- want to find us in any other way or capacity, trust me, we're probably there just floating about. And if you have a service that we're not on and you want us oh, to, yeah, yeah. please uh, let us know. Because I don't think we're on Stitcher. I think that's what it's called. Okay. Uh, I didn't. Anyway, whatever. Uh, so if there is something else that you guys use and you want us to be on it because it's more convenient, let us know. It'll take me it. a minute or two to figure it out. Also, if you want to get in touch with us and you don't want to do it through social media and you just want to email us something or whatever, our email address is hotwpodcast at gmail.com. So feel free to email us. We don't get a lot. <laughs> I don't think people like email. Most people just text yeah, us, but they, they know us personally. Personally, or sometimes like on social media, they'll like... Oh yeah, we it, get a lot of Facebook like, messages. Right. And so that's totally fine. Everyone's comfortable with that as well. And uh, yeah, so if you guys happen to be having a really hard work week and you're listening to our show or you had drink just a little too much the night before, then don't worry. Like we're about to. Like we're about to (laughs) because the best cure for a hangover is fear. (laughs) Bye. Bye.